You're listening to From Here with Delia and Don. Where did our summer go, Delia? I have no idea. I can't believe it's August. Like, oh, what happened? Oh, my goodness. I mean, so I know that we usually take a little bit of a break during summer, but it just feels like summer flew by. I know. It did. Yeah. And I know that uh, we both spent a good part of our summer traveling to different places, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. What were some of the places you went to the summer? Um, I was in San Diego, and then I was also in Hawaii. Mm, Yeah. Beachy and warm and sunny. Nice. What about you? I was, oh my gosh, I was in so many different places. Um, (laughs) I was in Taipei and then lots of traveling for work. So San Diego um, and LA a bunch of times, you know, and just lots of different traveling for work, traveling for summer. And, you know, so there was one thing I was thinking about when I was in Taipei and I don't, you know, like you've traveled to Asian countries before? Uh, one time only. Okay. All right. It's like this really weird phenomenon that I, I don't know, maybe it's just me and I'm weird and I'm the only <laughs> person that thinks about this, but I found myself like as a Chinese person in Taipei, right? I was like hyper aware of the fact that I was Chinese, but then mm-hmm. also hyper aware of the fact that I don't really speak Mandarin. I speak Mm -hmm. like very teeny tiny little bits of Mandarin that just, Mm -hmm. I call it survival Mandarin, right? (laughs) And, but what was fascinating about that trip was being read as a Chinese Mandarin speaking person Mm. first, right? And then being treated like that. And then when the person finds out, like, I'm like, oh yeah, dude, I don't, you know. (laughs) (laughs) That's the limit of my Chinese (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, because this is a double-edged sword. Like I'll start, you know, saying what little I know in Mandarin, and then they'll, they're like, "Oh, right," and I'm like, "No, no, no, that's all I know how to say." <laughs> right? But it, but it's like this really weird thing where I'm Chinese, but then not Chinese. Uh-huh. Have you ever experienced that? Yeah. Well, I would. The one time that I've been to Asia, I was also in like in Taiwan, and my Mandarin is like, you know, I'm. I also didn't. You know, my family's Cantonese, Toysanese, so I don't, and I don't speak either of those. And mm-hmm. so I, my Mandarin is like four years of college Mandarin, which like oh, when you yeah. get to like somewhere where they speak Mandarin, you're like, oh, this is like <laughs> not helpful at all. Right. And, and in your, in your college Mandarin, right. I don't know. I was joking about this too. I'm like, the first words I learned in Mandarin class were like, Smoking, drinking beer, uh, Coca Cola. <laughs> I still remember how to say those things, right? I'm like, what the hell? Like, I didn't think of it at the time, but then now when I'm like in Taipei, I'm like, why is it I know how to ask for cigarettes <laughs> and where do I go for smoking, but I don't freaking like know how to go like get the bus? Okay, <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, our textbook had like. When you go to China, like you should bring toilet paper. What? <laughs> yeah, that was in our textbook. Whoa! Like, so I can say that in Mandarin, but that's also not very useful. Like, right? It's like, <laughs> why, why do I know all this like useless Mandarin? Right? 
So, yeah. so the trip was really fascinating also because like, you know, my son was there and he actually speaks Mandarin, but I was like, okay, dude, part of the reason why we're going to Taipei, right, is so that you could be immersed and practice your Mandarin. And he was like, hell to the no. Okay. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? You know? and he I brought you here <laughs> thousands oh, of miles Lord. away. <laughs> <laughs> and I even like okay I'm like wait a minute <laughs> so I so I went down this several different strategies here with with logic and reasoning okay I said well but you're never gonna see these people again so mm. why don't you just practice and just see right because <laughs> that makes it and less awkward, awkward. Like, I don't know <laughs> I don't know about you but when I'm like interacting with strangers that th- that thought does cross my brain like I'm probably never gonna see you again so I can just be stupid like really stupid and foolish right now (laughs) uh, so that didn't work right and then i'm like oh well you know what just focus on the things that you know you 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 know you can speak really well and just practice them you know in context and he's like mom it's like i agree to come out to you i did not consent to practicing my mandarin right (laughs) and then i was like okay you know what you don't have a chance choice so this so we were there for two weeks and then the second week i put him in summer camp there right so he was in this table tennis camp from two to four right and then i was like oh man you gotta like you you gotta figure it out buddy or you're not gonna be able to do anything and i specifically chose a summer camp where it was like all in mandarin it's not for expats or anything like that i think this is like full this is immersion yeah <laughs> yeah this is like kick them into the pool for two hours okay wow. so yeah so i'm i'm like all right you know what i it's only for a week how bad can it be right <laughs> it's two hours a day it's not even like a week right like- yeah and then because i told him like dude i could put you in like a full day summer camp okay right so so he was like Every day, he kind of just, you know, he kind of figured out. He's just like, yeah, I was able to figure it out by context and all that stuff, right? And so it kind of like, I I think there was something that happened there by osmosis, right? But, mm-hmm. you know, there wasn't much. But so that was also interesting watching him get read as a Mandarin-speaking Chinese person, mm-hmm. too, right? And to observe how he was being treated, you mm-hmm. know? And, and it's like this... You know, the reason why I was thinking about this is like, it's like this really interesting, because I don't have full, I'm not fully um, able to, I'm like conversational in Cantonese, mm-hmm. but barely because I can't, like, I don't have too many people to practice with, you know? Mm-hmm. And what it what it means to be read as um, Chinese or Asian, right? And being able to speak a particular language, the mm-hmm. like, what is it about me where people think that I can, I look a certain way or I can speak, right? Because in other Asian, because last summer, uh, last winter, I was in Seoul, mm-hmm. right, in Korea. And that was fascinating too, right? To be read as Korean. Mm, interesting. To have people assume, right, that I was Korean and to have them just start speaking to me, right? Mm-hmm. I would say my ability to speak Korean is almost as good as my ability to speak Mandarin. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> right? So it's like same kind of survival, you know, <laughs> survival Korean, right? And that was like very interesting too, because I'm, and I'm just like, what, like, what is, what is the thought process in your head where you're just like, okay, 
I've made the assessment that this person is probably Korean, so I'm going to speak to her in Korean. Mm-hmm. Right. The same, very similar to like, I'm going to, this woman looks Chinese and she looks like she speaks Mandarin. So I'm going to talk to her in Mandarin. Mm-hmm. I find that like really, really fascinating, especially mm-hmm. having been born and raised in the US, very, very, um, you know, squarely Asian American. Mm-hmm. Right. It's kind of a trip, isn't it? I guess okay. I, yeah, I don't know. Julia cocked her head <laughs> okay, to the right like... and then looked up, made a little squishy face. Okay. <laughs> if you're wondering what that pause was. <laughs> oh, like, I don't know. I guess sometimes that's like how I feel like here. Too, oh, really? Because well, I don't speak Cantonese uh-huh. at all, like zero. Uh-huh. Yeah. So basically all I have is like my like useless college mandarin <laughs> and so the same Wait, hold thing. on hold on i just hold on hold on i just realized something you're mm-hmm. cantonese don't speak cantonese but the only chinese you speak is mandarin because mm-hmm. they never teach cantonese like wow in college yeah so i don't speak cantonese okay i'm sorry Poisson. i'm sorry for interrupting <laughs> so that's sort of like like even when i was like a kid you know and we'd go to like chinese restaurants and my parents can speak Cantonese and they like are speaking, you know, to the people that work there. And then they like gesture to me and like say something. And then like I look at them, I have no idea what they're saying. My parents say something and then they all like point at me and like laugh. And like mm-hmm. it's like, oh yeah, she looks Chinese, mm-hmm. but she doesn't speak Chinese. So that's been like my whole life sort of feels like that, like mm-hmm. being expected, like to have something because of the way I look, but never being able to fulfill on it, like even here, you know. Yeah. I mean, what is that like? What is that like to to experience that over and over again? I mean, I think for me, like, that's how I, that's part of like how I define like my Asian American experience. Mm. You know, this like Mm -hmm. constant mismatch. You know, it's like, well, Mm -hmm. you look this, but you can't do this. And it's like, but I'm American. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, you don't look American, you know? So, so it's this Mm -hmm. kind of, it's this like fitting in, not fitting in anywhere. You know, it's like I don't fit in in Chinatown because I don't speak Chinese. I don't fit in in my white suburban school because I'm not white, you know. So it's like, right. where is my place, you know, and it's sort of everywhere and nowhere. And I mean, for, I guess the thing that was really yeah. fascinating for me is like, I so I'd never been to Asia and I went to Taiwan like four years ago. And I just like, I just really like felt a load off my shoulders, like just sitting on the train and just being like everyone here looks like me Mm, like interesting you know because because i think i walk through the world with this like oh look you know there's asian people here there's black people here like like that's kind of always on my mind like i'm always aware yeah of that and then like you get to like taiwan and you're just like there's nothing to count because everyone looks asian you know everyone there looks east asian yeah you know, like 99% yeah. of the time. And I just felt like there was just like a load lifted off my shoulders because I didn't have to like think about that, even though I can't speak very much Mandarin. And, you know, it just sort of felt like more relaxed. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I wasn't I wasn't on guard, I yeah. guess, yeah. in the same way because my race yeah. wasn't like a thing. You know, my language yeah. was a thing, but like mm-hmm. my race wasn't a thing. You yeah. Know? And so that was like – 
even though like I I don't I'd never been there before, you know, I can't really navigate by myself, you know, kind of things. Like it just kind of felt like, oh wow. I'm like free of this like yeah. kind of stress, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was like my feeling on it. Wow. I you know, that I was very curious about with my son too, right? So part again, part of the reason why I had you know, go to Taipei, right? It's not only not only to practice language, but I also <laughs> want, him, want him to to feel like what would it feel to be surrounded, like to be completely surrounded by Chinese mm-hmm. people or people who mm-hmm. look like you, right? I wanted to have him have that experience because I remember the first time I went to China, right? I was like, wow, you know, and I grew up in San Francisco, Chinatown, you know, so a part of my childhood is San Francisco Chinatown. So it's like, I have a sense of what that's like, but it's really different because the, the magnitude, the number of people is just like, so it's like everywhere and so much. And then it's like, that's constantly, you know, all here. Right. Mm-hmm. And it, it was amazing because I've, I too felt like, Oh yeah, you know, my racial ethnic identity is not a thing. Right. But then being constantly reminded of, like my difference by Chinese people too. Like there's an interesting way in which they, uh, I experience, and this is not for everybody, you know, but the ways in which I experienced both a closeness, like they were very like, oh, cool, you're Chinese, but then like, oh no, you're American, you know, mm-hmm. kind of a thing. Yeah. <laughs> so then, you know, it asked my son, like, so how does it feel to be surrounded by <laughs> all these Chinese people, right? And you know what he said? Just no, big, Man, no big deal. No big deal. Right? I'm like, <laughs> what? You know, that's the second thing. I'm like, I'm take you all the way around the world to practice Chinese and be with your people. There's like no big deal, right? <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, like, I, know. I don't even know why I would expect him to have any feelings or be, you know, impressed with anything of it. You know, like he's a teenager right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, my, my, my kids were like a little bit younger. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Gosh, I think my middle son was like seven, six, yeah. six yeah. or seven. Yeah. And I had asked him like, so like, what do you think about being in like Taipei? Like, what's the same? Like, what's different? And he was like, the crosswalks are different. Yes, they are. <laughs> and they show you the time and how long you have to cross the street. I was like, yeah, yeah, they do. That is true. You notice yeah. anything else? And he's like, no. <laughs> the crosswalks, by the way are amazing in Taipei. I know. All yes. right. You yes. get like hella time to cross. And then there's like an additional 10 second buffer. Just in case. Right. And then the the line in which the scooters and the cars have to wait is like set back another five feet. So you don't you don't you're not like you don't have to fear for your life. Right. <laughs> it's not Frogger. <laughs> it's really, I mean, amazing. Anyway, okay, sorry, digress, right? Yes. Yeah. But but yes, you know, I I think it's really similar. I mean and, and I and I draw co- contrast, right? So I I also went to Japan with my son, right? And it was fascinating because in Japan I was completely not mistaken for Japan at all. Okay, maybe because I'm just tall and big, right? In Japan, like excessively tall and big, but I was not like no one took me for Japanese there. Mm. No one. Interesting, right? But in but in Seoul and uh-huh. in Taipei, uh-huh. yeah, I was mistaken, right? I've also traveled through. Um, Thailand and also Indonesia, right? Like Bangkok and 
um, you know, like uh, Phuket, like all that, that the t- more touristy area too, right? And those places as well, I was not at all like mistaken for Thai or Indonesian mm-hmm. at all too. So it's fascinating to me. I'm like, oh, you know, you know, and and uh, and also just, you know, the the ways that I move about, mm-hmm. right, as an Asian in an Asian country, right, is also very different, right? There's a there's a comfort, you know, to it. We got used to moving around in Taipei and, you know, just taking the train and all that stuff, right? And, you know, it felt really comfortable. I felt mm-hmm. really comfortable in Korea as mm-hmm. well. And I could totally imagine myself. I mean, they're both like big big cities, right? I could totally imagine myself just kind of like disappearing into, you know, those places too. Yeah. It's fascinating. Yeah. And I'm trying to think about, you know, because you mentioned that, you know, you experienced it here. Do I experience it here too? I don't know. Because sometimes like, for example, when I go to the Asian grocery store or I go to H Mart or something like that, I really love being able to... I know this is a weird thing, right? But it's my it's my strange extroversion where I like to talk to strangers, right? Because right? <laughs> you're never going to see them again. And you can make a fool of yourself. <laughs> no, I mean I might because these are these are like places near me. Um, but I get a kick out of striking up a conversation with someone, you know, if I have time, right, at those stores, and especially if it's um, someone who speaks Cantonese, or maybe it's like. I don't know. I just, I just really, uh, it's just, it's such an interesting, you know, interaction with people that it's like, I kind of do it because I want to see their first reaction to me Mm. in terms of who, like what kind of Asian they think I am. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. I'm just weird. I know you should make it. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know anybody else who does that. You know? <laughs> no, there's me who like always speaks to the cashier in English because like, if I say like one thing in Mandarin, then they're gonna say like ten more things, and then I'm gonna be like, "Yep, yeah, nope, I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> I used up all my skills." No, but that's how you practice, though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, no, I'm just like traumatized because my my younger two boys like they're they went to. Mandarin immersion, like daycare, and they go to Chinese school. So their Mandarin is better than mine, like <laughs> infinitely better. And so, like even at home, if I try to like say things, like they just like laugh at me, and they're just like, "Haha, you just said this," you know? Oh or, yeah, like, yeah. They like yeah. correct my tones like every single time, and it's just like, it, okay, it, that, crying. That's <laughs> what my son did to me in Taipei too, right? And I was kind of annoyed at first. I was like, you know what? I'm going to let him teach me. Okay. <laughs> Cause at least he's, you know, he's practicing. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I, and there still is a part of me that's like very resentful that there wasn't any Cantonese mm. around when he was growing up. I would mm-hmm. to, you know, bring him into the city. And so he got kind of stuck with Mandarin and I really, mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. If I have one more person who says to me, well, it's better than he did. He does Mandarin because it's more useful because blah, blah, blah. Nah, nah, nah. I'm like, Oh my God, I'm going to, I'm going to hit somebody. Okay. <laughs> like we don't learn languages <laughs> just for the use value. All right. right? Yeah. Like I wanted him to learn Cantonese because that's kind of it. Like I'm like the last Cantonese speaker in my family. Mm-hmm. It ends with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like literally no more Cantonese. Yeah. 
right? So he's he's not learned Cantonese. He won't be able to pass on any Cantonese, you know, if he decides to have a family. Right. Yeah. Right. There's something sad to me about that. Yeah. You I know? am that sad existence, Dawn. <laughs> it's the smile and nod existence. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, and people, people are, you know, are like, well, you know, language is just, you know, it's one aspect of, you know, your identity. And I'm like, yeah, but there are like, you know, sometimes I think of, I can't think of the right word in English, but I can think about it. I can think of it in Cantonese. Mm, interesting. But there's, there's no way to exactly translate it. Like there's nothing perfect. And then there's words in Cantonese that don't translate perfectly mm-hmm. to English, right? Yeah. It's like all of that is gone, that nuance, you know, yeah. in the language is like it's gone. And it's just like another form of expression. It's gone. And yeah. that makes me really sad. That's why when people are like, what's well, more useful than he learns Mandarin? I'm like, I don't care about usefulness. <laughs> it's not the point. Please. You know, I'm yeah. not trying to make sure that he could, you know, speak to like four billion people. I just want him to have a sense of like, you know, his language. Yeah, that is like in his family and, you know, and all that stuff. So I don't know. I think these are some of the hard, hard decisions that many Asian American parents have to make. And, you know, it it is a constant thing that I think about also because, you know, I travel and, you know, I show up, you know, in certain ways. Well, apparently I show up in certain ways, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I think that's the part for me of, like, not knowing Cantonese is, like, well, you know, I think, you know, place also means things. And, like, if you can't go to a place and, like, talk directly to the people without, like, having a translator or, like, Google Translate or, like, something, Mm -hmm. like, it's Mm -hmm. a different – yeah kind of connection. And so I'm, like, well, even if I, like, went, you know, to my – grandparents or great grandparents village like i don't know like mm-hmm. how that would feel because i wouldn't really know who to talk to or would i wouldn't be saying anything you know directly so yeah i think that's the other part that's hard i mean yeah we haven't even talked about the fact that we both you and i grew up speaking twice on east that's well, like another dialect it, but- <laughs> well you were you were you had it around you no right? i, I no, oh, not at all. Oh. No, my parents speak English at home. Oh, okay. Well, I I grew up like Taiwanese was one of the dialects that I grew up with, and I spoke it, and I actually I still understand it. You know, there's actually not a lot of people, not a lot of Chinese Americans my age who actually even know or speak Taiwanese yeah. anymore because it's yeah. just it's such a, you know. And Toysanese is something, one of those where it's like, I'm like doing something here in the Bay Area and I hear someone speak Toysanese and I'm just, I have to stop and go, <laughs> I have to tell somebody like, oh my God, that person's speaking Toysanese. Do you understand how amazing that is? Right. <laughs> right. You know, and they're like, there's not, there's really absolutely nothing that my son is going to know or understand about mm-hmm. Toysanese. Like that mm-hmm. is for sure. Mm-hmm. Like that language line is like ended, yeah. You know the disappearance of language, you know, yeah. and that's that's also really sad mm-hmm. you know, to me too. Right? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I have a different understanding and appreciation for you know language preserve- preservation now, mm-hmm. you know, because of just my own personal experiences with language. So, yeah. 
Well, anyways, I don't know. I just have these like silly thoughts about traveling and being Asian American. So, um, yeah, I I am, you know, going to be endlessly fascinated to see how our kids grow up and what they do with the languages and when they travel as well. And when I get to have this conversation with them. Yeah. So, yeah. It, it's a good, I think it's a good lens and like a good time to like reflect and like kind of think about what you know, you know, and the traveling piece, you know, puts you in a different context so you can reflect on it in different ways. So I hope this is an ongoing conversation, you know, that we have and there's more travel adventures in our future. Yep. Well, listeners, that's it for us this uh, for this session. Thanks for joining us for this conversation. Again, this is From Here Podcast. You can catch us on um, Instagram at From Here Podcast. Uh, we are back from summer break. Okay, so we're going to be like <laughs> recording regularly again. All right, you're probably like, where did they go? Are they coming back? No, we're coming On vacation. Back. We're home now. <laughs> <laughs> so at From Here Podcast, um, and catch us on your favorite podcast listening platform. Leave us a love note. Tell your friends about us. And maybe eventually, Delia, we'll end season one. Huh? What do you think? <laughs> Maybe Maybe. 10 years later. (laughs) All right. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Take care. Bye.